Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, fantasy book fans? This is Stephen from Phantology Podcast, along with my friends Ryan, Jake, and Josh, minus Ben today, unfortunately. But we do have four Phantology members with our monthly episode, which includes a debate about a a hot button topic that we will reveal shortly, and then we're going to just do uh, briefly kind of what news happened in the past month, and then we will be doing our top three in science fiction and fantasy. This month is going to be top three funniest characters. So be ready to laugh, right? Oh, yeah. You always laugh with my picks. I am really excited for Ryan's picks on this. Uh, well, true. let's, we let's, tone, down, let's tone down the expectations a little bit. Didn't you choose uh, Didn't you choose Gollum as your sexy character last time? Or Actually, that was Jake, uh, I think. That was, that was, that was definitely That was Jake. me when it's because Ryan wasn't there on the episode so i had to channel him so so last month we did top three sexy villains it was a little uh we were a little concerned going in you know that we might get some uh some odd entries we'll say but uh, that was not an issue at all and the winning entry was from the wheel weeds the wheel reads podcast and they have won at least once before possibly twice before so if you want to win check out what they're doing their winning entry was Landfair from Wheel of Time, obviously, Loki from Marvel, and Sephiroth from Final Fantasy. Uh, Final Fantasy game that I haven't played, but yeah, I, I saw some images and uh, and he was looking quite sexy. I think he's he's definitely got like his shirt undone, so you can see a lot of his right. skin. I think that's a well-balanced pick, though. I think that's a good pick, you know? It, it pulls in the Wheel of Time, which frankly, I think on our polls you have to do if you're going to win you need one wheel of time entry so yeah and Lanfear is not a bad choice for that and then you get another mainstay villain and then you bring in a little bit of a little bit of an underdog with a a little little indie pick there but it worked out for him yeah although i i i still think that grand grendel is the sexiest of the that little band of baddies that i forget their name i feel like (laughs) forsaken Forsaken. yeah (laughs) the forsaken that's like her it's interesting because that's like grindel's defining defining characteristic right mm-hmm. but also selene is in, or oops lanfear is introduced first and um her like it's one of the first things you know about her well, as and I well think, i think that her advances on rand is like kind of what makes her like yeah. increases the sexiness you know is that she's like tempting him you know sure. she's like a sed- seductress versus Anyway, mm-hmm. we, we don't want to get too deep into spoiler territory and stuff here, but clearly Josh was was turned on by Landfair. I mean, come on, what teenager is gonna, <laughs> you know, reading a description of Landfair? It's like, all right. All right, what interesting <laughs> interesting to see the, the actress that they have portray that. Yeah, I don't think we've heard anything about Forsaken uh, acting, right, Jake? 
Mm. No, oh, I guess the only thing we've kind of heard is, um, so for a Q&A, someone asked if Forsaken were in season one, and the answer was, it depends on how much you know about Forsaken. Oh, yes. You have to like know where to look. I don't know if we want to get into spoilers here, but I think I think there's a pretty obvious one, but I, a lot of people are reading into it to be a little trickier than I think it's meant to be. All right. All right. We will gauge the sexiness of the Forsaken <laughs> if, we, if we can spot them. Okay, so, so this month we're doing top three funniest, but before we do that, we're going to get into our debate topic, a new thing that we've been doing for the past couple months, and the topic this month is, do audiobooks count as a legitimate way to read a book? Does, does listening to an audiobook count as, as reading the book in the same way? All right. Okay. I will take the position that audiobooks do, in fact, count. So Jake and Ryan are arguing for yes, and Josh and Stephen, myself, are arguing for no. And this is kind of separate from our actual opinions. We're trying to, you know, stir up some debate for sake of debate. It may or may not be what we actually think, but we're going to try to bring some points to the table because I think the whole, you know, way that you consume a book is something that comes up a lot in the in these circles, right? Yeah. And I, real quick, I think what I want to do, hope to get out of these debates is decrease some of the toxicity that happens in like the just fantasy fandom as a whole. I feel like, um, you know, I want to bring some like, okay, if somebody thinks something different than you, that can indeed be valid. And you don't have to like think, you know, get on them for, you know, having a different opinion than you. So I, I kind of want to like reason out some of these with like good arguments, even if I don't, that's not where I personally fall. I want to just present some good arguments so that, cause I think that kind of decreases the overall all level of toxicity on like forums and stuff. That's true. But if there are people who are getting toxic over this particular debate, then <laughs> people do man. serious issues. People yeah. I've seen. Yeah. I mean, most, most like big booktubers I've seen, like Daniel Green has a video about this. I think like Murphy has a video about this. Most YouTubers have like at least like broached the subject because of keeping. Yeah. Okay. So I'll kind of moderate a little bit, but, you know, try to stay true to my side of the argument. But should we get started with, uh, with some opening statements as we, mm-hmm. did, as we do in these debates? So does the, does the yes side have an opening statement? We will receive. So go ahead. You will defer to us. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Josh. Do we unless have you off? unless you have something right? <laughs> yeah. This I is. I, I have something working up, but I'm not ready yet. Stephen, I think you have this for uh, the opening statement for us. Okay. Tim. Okay. Um, I don't have a I don't have a statement written out per se, but uh, I'll see how well I can kind of craft this together. So the whole argument against audiobooks is going to center around the idea of. I have a hard time believing that if you only listen to an audiobook, you are getting the full experience because when I listen to audiobooks and maybe, you know, feel free to tell me that I'm listening to audiobooks wrong. But when I listen to audiobooks, I have a hard time of maintaining my focus the entire time I'm listening. My thoughts will wander, et cetera. I'll be multitasking sometimes perhaps, which is maybe just a bad strategy in general for listening to audiobooks, but I just find no matter how I try to do it, I never absorb as much as if I sit down and actually look at the words on the page or in the ebook and read through them. I think I just maintain 
or, or retain rather the content of the book much better. So I'm going to say listening to audiobooks while it's still, you know, you're still reading the book. Yes, but you're not getting the full book experience. Well, okay. I will, I will do our opening statement, Jake. Okay. Audiobooks increase the accessibility of fantasy novels to all sorts of people especially as you become increasingly difficult as an adult gone are the nights where I could just read in my bed until two or 3 a.m because I was just so engrossed in a book and as life gets more and more difficult it's easier and easier to listen to something rather than sitting down and staring at a screen dedicating so much more attention to it yeah sure you don't maybe retain as much information as you do while reading the book but you still get a lot of the information enough to significantly enjoy the book and the fact that audiobooks are even put out suggests that authors support this that they and and uh, using uh, an actor or a narrator to to narrate the book they will they will emphasize different words that maybe you wouldn't have when you read, which will draw your attentions to some things. And I, I think that it is maybe the next step on top of reading. So you're saying it's superior to reading? In a Not lot necessarily ways. superior, but I think, I think that as you grow, like I said earlier, and the time we could dedicate to reading when we're younger, we don't, we don't have. And so this, the next step being as we age less time, we can multitask, maybe not as efficiently, but enough to consume the material, stay caught up on our favorite stories and be introduced to new worlds, new characters. I think that it's a win, win, win. Josh, do you have a response? Um, yeah, a little bit. So I, I think that you're right. It is a lot more convenient to do audiobooks. I feel that, you know, in a big way in my life, I have a kid that like takes, you know, a good 40 minutes to an hour to fall asleep every night. And if I'm on my phone looking at a screen, it distracts him. Whereas if I just pop in an earphone and turn off the screen and hit play, I can bust through, you know, like 40 minutes of an audiobook, 2x speed, that's 80 minutes. That's like <laughs> one tenth of, uh, you know, a lot of books. Right. So I, I will agree that it makes it more accessible. However, I think it makes it less personal in a lot of ways. When I read a, when I read a book, like, you know, read the words on the screen or on the paper page, I develop my own like uh, kind of internal mind's eye of that character. And I imagine out um, the setting a lot in a lot more detail. When I have that it's spoken to me. I still feel like I have an understanding of who that character is, but a lot of my perception of the character comes from the voice actor that's narrating the book. And I don't think that's always a bad thing. I think that we've talked about some incredible talent, like Stephen Pacey, you know, he just, but, but now whenever I think of, it's kind of like when I see an adaption, whenever I think of, you know, Harry, I kind of think of Daniel Radcliffe now, right? Whenever I think of Glockta, I hear like Stephen Pacey's Glockta voice in my head. And so that becomes like a defining characteristic of that character. And so that I think for me takes a little bit of the, of the personalness, personalness, that's not a word, but you know what I mean? That comes from reading a book. Uh I have 
rebuttal to Stephen's opening remarks and, okay. and Josh's statement now Bring with it on. additional Bring it support on. to minor right side. So addressing Stephen's um, point of you, that you, you're not um, retaining enough when you're listening to an audiobook because your mind can wander, et cetera. I think that's 100% true, but I don't think it's exclusive to listening to audiobooks. How many times when you're reading a physical book are you skimming the non-dialogue sections to get to the next part because you're excited? You know, you're doing like the skim reading, like, okay, okay, I'm just going to like, what's the just going on here so I can get back to the action? Hmm. I feel like a lot of people do that when they read, which lends to that, it um, causes that same effect of, you're not retaining a ton because you're, you're skipping through stuff. You're skim reading more. I agree with you. I think I definitely do that when I read. However, if you're reading on the page, you have the ability to easily just go back and like, Oh, okay. I, I know I didn't understand this. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, look back up the page. It's a lot harder on the audiobooks. You've got to grab your device or, or whatever, tell Alexa is- to go back. It, it's tough. It is harder. It is harder, but it's, it's still doable. So that doesn't, it being harder doesn't mean audiobooks count less. It means it could be, it could like, that's a con of it in terms of its accessibility. Ryan mentioned the accessibility of being able to, you know, you don't have all the time in the day to just sit down and read and audiobooks let you read more. Going back is like is harder than when you're reading a book, but it's still doable. I do it all the time. If I'm listening to a book the first time, instead of reading it, I have to re-listen to chapters sometimes. And that's just part of my experience. Um, addressing Josh's point of it being less personal, um, I would argue that sometimes the audiobooks make things more personal and more and can connect you to the characters more in two ways. One way when you're reading a character's name, especially in a fantasy book or the name of a city or something with these fantasy names and terms, I just look at them. I don't even pronounce it in my head. I just look at it as a graph and just say (laughs) the name that starts with an M and I know there's a G in it somewhere. No Uh idea how to pronounce Mogidian or whatever. I just know that's the name. And then I, and when you're reading it, it's hard to believe Jake as somebody that picks apart Kate, or Michael and Kate's like pronunciation of some real time names. <laughs> well, cause, cause here's the thing once. So I do that a lot when I'm reading, I feel like that's, that's standard thing. Like there's lots of times you're like, Oh, I've only ever read this word. Like before Lord of the Rings became a movie. I think I pronounced Gimli Gimli and Hermione. I pronounced it Hermione. You know, you, you get things wrong. Uh-huh. And then also you just like, if it's more complicated than that, I just don't even try to pronounce it. I just look at the word so and I see it as anything over four, over four syllables. You're done. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. yeah. But when you have the, yeah, but when you have the audiobook, they pronounce it for you. And I think it brings that stuff to life more. It makes you have a more personal connection with those characters and places because you can more easily say it and you, you recognize what it is. Um, so that's my counter Josh's point. And then a support I'm bringing to our argument is since the, the inception of stories and storytelling an audio medium was, was the very original. So you can't say audiobooks don't count and are lesser than a written form when they are the very original and first storytelling methods 
as a human society. Mm. Jake's bringing it back to the oral stories. <laughs> the oral tradition. Side note, A, a true born man only listens and would never read. Side note, B, if what do you think would be more entertaining if you were from the two rivers, let's say, sitting back in your farmhouse um, room and cracking open a book of the tales of Jane Farstrider or having an expert gleeman come to town and, and recount these awesome stories in verse definitely the gleeman gleeman yeah so that's true they were hype they were hype for the gleeman to come in yeah he also had fireworks though, and books can't compute with that <laughs> or audio what's a what's the true born man thing is that a foundation no, reference? no Vorin. true foreign oh Vorin. oh okay stormlight gotcha yeah yeah all right Th- those are some good points jake however i think that you missed the mark on the fact that most of most of stories that are written now in the here and now are written first and foremost in uh, text-based first and they're written for that medium and so if we're talking about stories that were you know have been orally passed down i think that's that's a very good point but that's not what we're reading we're reading you know books that were designed to be read now i don't think it's bad that you have a different interpretation or and i like your point of actually learning characters names and places names that's a good point but you are still i don't think that really contradicts my point of it being more personal because you are having some sort of rendition put between you and what the author wrote when you listen to a book and you're having some sort of interpretation now i think that in my experience most of those are really good and i've hardly ever had a narrator i think uh not do a, a work justice but that still does add a layer between you and the work because you're having somebody interpret it for you naturally at some level josh did you read did you read the witcher yeah uh or did you listen to it i listened to all the witcher books but did you did you listen to it in polish no no of course because i do not speak polish (laughs) exactly you're putting something in between yourself and the original text and that was put forth on paper of necessity because i that's the only way to consume that consume that word you can learn polish by by your own logic come on that's it's translated if you really wanted it to count if you really wanted it to count you would learn polish and you would read it in polish okay okay that's that's (laughs) hey josh josh uh, addressing that point though of it being intended to be read what are you losing when you're listening it's not like reading a book versus watching a movie where it's an it's an exact translation as you would as you were as you whatever that phrase is as you will um from from book to movie where instead of reading there was a greenhouse you see a greenhouse it's not like that it's where there was a greenhouse and you instead of reading there's a greenhouse and hearing that in your head you you just hear audibly there was a greenhouse and then you still imagine it yourself so you're not losing yeah, it, your I, I agree that there's that the added layer to it i think there's additive there's an additive nature to it but there's no detracting nature or changing you're still getting exactly what the author wrote you are getting a change i'm not saying it's as big of an adaption going from an audiobook to a or going from a book to a, a play i think it might be 
almost like going from a screenplay to a play, you know, where everything's written out and, and if it's done well, then it's going to be, you know, for verbatim, but I, I, you are getting another person's interpretation of the character in terms of their voice, in terms of how they're going to say, in terms of how even they're going to say things, right? Like, like the, like a good example, I know this isn't a movie, but when Dumbledore and the Goblet of Fire, what, what's that, what's that when he's all mad at Harry, when they, he pulls his name out of the hat, your name. Yeah, like he's, the- he's like furious, but it's almost word for word what it t- says in the book. But the way that he explains it, like changes the way you look at Dumbledore in that moment from the book to the movie, even though it's like verbatim the way that he says it. So I think that there are you, in the way that you wouldn't narrate wouldn't get say, that in an yeah, if you, if you, you wouldn't just, get you wouldn't get that because it literally says in the book, Dumbledore said calmly. So you okay. wouldn't get a narrator who would you would do the like, exact opposite. Okay, that's an extreme one. But there are things where and a narrator is going to intone things or, you know, say things in a way that you wouldn't in your when you were reading it in your like mind's eye, right? I have an example too. Since narrators use different voices for different characters, really skilled ones, there there have been times I can't remember off the top of my head exactly when, but there have been times where a character's identity was supposed to be withheld for some time, but because you were listening to it you heard the voice and so you knew who it was before maybe the author would have really wanted you to so it, it was a little strange when it's like oh it's revealed it's like this guy it's like well of course i knew it was this guy i heard his voice i think that happens very rarely and yeah it, 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 yeah it's, for sure it's, it's I, a, I mean i'm just reaching for examples here but it, it's a testament to the the narrator's skill you know if if you can identify different voices that they do because i mean if i tried to do five different voices You'd be like, uh, these are all sounding really weird or very similar. All right, let's do uh, let's do closing. Any, any more, any, any more uh, bits, or do we just want to reiterate for closing statements? I just want to say that if audiobooks don't count, then the last three years of reading for me doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, same. I, I'll I'll end by saying, I think most of us start our reading journey with. Uh, an oral rendition having our mom or dad or siblings read a book to us and so I think again like that is not a cheapened version of that I still think you're missing stuff with audiobooks and and I I I think it with myself when I listen to books and since Ben's not here I'm throwing him under the bus because that guy does not oh, know the names. We didn't even talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Ben, ben does not know the names of any characters yeah, that's a direct, of any book he listens to. It's a direct uh, argument against your name. Memory, your name thing, I, I mean, that's that's more an argument against listening to a book at 2.5x speed yeah. yeah. than an audio book. I think that if you listen to an audio book at 1x speed, you're going to get probably 90 to 95% of what you would So read. responsible listening required? If, if Ben tried to read physically a physical book the way he attempts to listen to books, That's he would true. have the same issues. No, no. I mean, the same, the same thing where he's just like scanning yeah. the page and just like reading through. He's not going to get remember people's names. First of all, I think, I think we get, we're giving Ben a hard time. Both Ben and I have <laughs> a really hard time with name, just names. Like even in life, I, I have a note in my phone where I have to write down people's names and a description of them because I just have a really hard time with it. And since Ben's my twin, I'm going to be some 
do some twinning somewhere. I think that's just something that we have a hard time with. Good defense. Good defense. Um, what does what does my note say in your book, Ryan? <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Tall, bearded, and handsome as heck. Um, <laughs> let me just make my closing argument real fast. My my actual preferred way to consume a book, and I don't usually do this because it's just hard, is to both be reading and listening to it. That I found that really ups my comprehension to like just way higher than either just by on its face listening to it or on its face reading it. I did that with Rhythm of War. That's where I that's where I found out I really liked it. If I you know have yeah. just have an air, air button just kind of like read read the book while I'm listening to it. And and if I do that, you can mock me, but I can pump it up to like two point five to three x without any problem really. And just like if I'm if I'm focused, I can just read right along with it, and I get a lot out of it, and can read faster than I otherwise would be able to. So anyway, that's my preferred way. I know it's kind of like walking a middle ground here, but if somebody's looking for a way to comprehend books more, and you feel like you're you zone out while you're reading, or you zone out while you're listening, I would try that because that's really helped me. And you can usually find both the both audio and uh, text copies through like through Libby or through a library app or at the library. Cash me with that Kindle Whisper Sync. How about that? <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't do that with Libby, but you also don't have to buy the audiobook plus Kindle book. So, one more. Uh, so now that the debate is over, I can reveal my uh, my actual preferences. So I was listening to to Sharpens, <laughs> the First Law short story collection, and at the end, Joe Abercrombie and Stephen Pacey. Abercrombie's the author. Pacey's the the narrator, who we all love. Uh, they were like doing a little interview for 20 minutes at the end of the book. And one of the things that Joe talks about is like how, yes, you have to be like, as an author, you have to realize that audiobook is a huge thing. It's becoming bigger and bigger. And so he says, sometimes he does like write things with the intent of like, okay, how is this going to sound when it's, when it's read out? And generally like having something sound good when it's read is the same as having it sound good when you, when you hear it audibly. But uh, I mean, he does say that, that that's something he considers. So, um, I mean, I think authors are are aware of it. I really like and just prose. So, Patrick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that's interesting. We had a, a member of our Discord, NC Towns, um, post a, a screenshot of, I don't know, an Amber Crom- Abercrombie book. I can't remember which one it is, but um, where it was basically like, it said someone said something and it said like instead of saying he said it was he gurgled as if he had like rocks large in his, rocks yeah, in yeah. his throat or he had like some very complex description and i nc towns was like um was is this just like a a challenge like written just to be a challenge <laughs> to stephen pacey specifically <laughs> i could see it what what are you guys' thoughts of authors reading their own books um, I think, I think that could be really cool. Only if they're good enough though, like even so Abercrombie reads one of his short stories in that, in the Sharpens book, it's called freedom. It's, it's related to red country and he does a decent job. Like he intones stuff dramatically and you can tell that he's, you know, really trying and, and he does a good job. He has a nice British accent. So it sounds good, but you're also like, after having, after having listened to Pacey before and after you're like, yeah, this is, this is nowhere as good. Like there really is a lot of skill to an audiobook narration. I I've only ever listened to books that had the author narrate them for nonfiction. 
and and I think in nonfiction it doesn't really matter and it can kind of add to it since it's like coming from them like you're not looking for a dramatic interpretation of it like Malcolm Gladwell is like yeah it's he does have a really nice voice voice. but yeah. yeah but yeah so I don't I don't know how I'd feel about that with uh fiction if you want a good fiction book to try it out with try Stardust by Gaiman Oh, he does it. Okay. He he does at least the audio version I listened to. He did it and I really enjoyed it and kind of made me think that even if you do lose some, like you obviously lose some skill than having a professional do it. But I think it's um, a cool way to consume a book. Also, I I haven't really followed this, but I, I've heard that there's been a lot more kind of independent, um, non maybe professionally trained or like classical voice actors that are now narrating on on audible like they can go kind of pick up pick up work and do books just to kind of try to get more books in audio. yeah yeah like i think authors can go and put put a huh. on up there and then you know say that hey this is how much i'm willing to pay and then narrators can come and do it so i think that we're going to be getting for sure a big uptick of just audiobooks in general but maybe have a I don't want to say decrease in quality, but have it be more democratized. Democratized. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like have it, have it be less like, okay, you hear the same kind of big names in, in books, you know, and in narrators, but I think that that might be changing a little bit. So. Also shout out uh, Christopher Buhlman reads his book, the black tongue thief. And it's awesome, but he is also a, a trained yeah actor. like that's another one of his professions so i could not believe it was him that I, I i was like surely i i think i did even call that out in the episode and fact check that live when we did yeah that you episode. didn't believe me i didn't believe you okay should we move on to our uh, a few bits of news so news for the month of, of uh science fiction and fantasy related things that i mean let's not go super deep because we don't have enough time we're not going to focus mm-hmm. on that anymore but I think one of the biggest things that was shared around were the images from the Wheel of Time show that were published in, was it like Entertainment Weekly or, or what? Uh, I don't remember. What some, it yeah, some magazine like that. Yeah. Anyway, there, there was a story that Rafe was heavily quoted in, the showrunner, and then there were some images and they looked, uh, they looked pretty cool. And I think there's a lot of, you know, just a lot of excitement. People are it's really starting to get rolled out and we're expecting a trailer. Rafe said uh, we'd have a trailer by the end of the, the summer. summer. It's, it's August right now. So summer's ending, man. I think so. I think summer September what, 22nd. 22nd. Yeah. Technically oh. I think that's when fall starts. So. Okay. Maybe September 21st. <laughs> <laughs> we know that we'll be getting the show. We know we'll be getting the show in November. So we can wait until then. Yeah. Interesting that they're deciding to wait so like have such a short window but um speaking of trailers we got we got a, a full-length trailer for foundation lots of trailers for dune they started doing these character focused trailers which are pretty cool they're like 30 seconds long um and then spider-man no way home trailer which which looks pretty good too yeah. i'm really excited for this this last uh um half of the year yeah, we have a lot of exciting stuff. The Witcher um, season two is coming out. Wheel of Time, oh, obviously, the Foundation. The Witcher uh, animated movie came out on Netflix. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, yeah, neither have I. I haven't watched okay. it either. That was my weekend plans for, for this weekend. Involved and we have The Wisdom of Crowds coming out September 14th. 
just uh, three weeks away now at time of recording. And I am halfway through a little hatred on my second reread, which I'm listening to. <laughs> doesn't count. But, yeah, it clearly, <laughs> clearly, clearly doesn't count. So we are looking, we're going to do some, uh, at least one, maybe two episodes with uh, our friends at Friends Talking Fantasy, Dylan and Charles, kind of hyping up the series. I think we're going to have to do that pretty soon here because we're getting very close to uh, release time. Mm-hmm. Real fast, I wasn't quite ready to move on from the, from the, what we thought about the Wheel of Time photos. Okay, Josh. Sorry. I really like them. I'm surprised about how much kickback they've gotten. I'll just say that I've, I've seen, I feel like, I feel like most people do like them from what I've seen. It's like pretty 50, 50. I honestly, the set photo of them all walking together and it's hard because all these photos are out of context, but it did look kind of, there's some aspects of it that it, I feel like it isn't enough to say this is for sure going to be super high quality and in, yeah. in terms of everything, but it doesn't make me worried. It doesn't make me worried, but I don't think it's a, a clear like calling card of how great it's going to be. I think, it, I think comparing it to like things like the Shannara Chronicles or. Oh yeah. You don't want to be anywhere near. No, but I know, but that's what, that's what it seemed like people were comparing it to. And I'm like, no, like those, they actually look like they're close. Like they don't, they don't look like somebody went to DI or or to like Goodwill or. No, but I feel like that's sometimes how like, some some fantasy shows look like they're just like oh let me find an old looking shirt and slap that on so, but you know I don't, I don't know i feel like it they could like the shinara costumes in a in a photo like this could look the same those are also staged photos for this yeah. publication so I, I i'm pretty sure it is entertainment weekly because someone else called out like they had lots this magazine has done a lot of different kind of staged photos from game of thrones that don't really look much Mm -hmm. like the actual series we see on tv so i think we just take it as hype photos to you know showcase the cast it got me way hyped for it honestly same i'm i'm really excited i think i think the shadar logo photo looks really cool i'm excited to see what the city looks like yeah is that how the audiobook narrator pronounces it um, I don't know, but you can't really rely on the audiobook narrator's pronunciation. You have well, to I was just wondering, because oh when gosh. I read it, I pronounced it in my head, Shadar Logoth. Hmm. I, I'm like, not sure. I, yeah. I thought it was Shadar Logoth, but like Shadar Harren. The, the last thing vaguely uh, connected to Wheel of Time uh, is that Rafe did that Q&A where he also, somebody asked why Matt had a beard. He said, because we aged up the character's because we don't want this right. to feel YA at all. And it's not YA at all. It's kind of what he said. And so. also, also like the show's going to take like 10 years, at, yeah. you know, if they get what they want. And so having an actor go from age 16 to, or 17, 18, 19 to 29, 30, you know, it's too much. I hope they're able to get Rand to, uh, to age up as I see him aging up in the series, because Right now he looks kind of twerpy, but I suppose that's because he's yeah. supposed to at this point. He's got a baby face for sure. Yeah, I, just, I want Rand to go into like morph into like Dwayne Johnson, you know. <laughs> my he gets, when he gets as hard as Quint Quindalar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. As many times it's, it's as hard as Quindalar. Is that how you say it? Like that's another yes. word. Yeah. I just picture like another another Wayne like DR, muscle, but... another muscle appearing well, somewhere on him, you know. Yeah, 
Well, also The Rock, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, I don't think we gave uh, Wisdom of Crowd enough hype. Like, are you guys excited? For Dude, I'm hyped for it. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm just- hyped. I... I won't be able to finish all the books before then. That's I'm just sad about that. Yeah. I, I just think I just I'm hyped for it. It's just it's not really new news. Like I've been really excited for this book. I know, for a long but time. it's here. Like I, I've been man, I love the series and it's been really fun rereading it. This is my probably my top for sure my top five favorite series, just so you know. Like I'm hyped for it. It's probably in my top. It's my number yeah. three. Wheel of Time and Stormlight occupies slots number. 1a and 1b and probably will i don't know forever but uh first law is definitely there yeah yeah i got f- there's no way i can read four books in the next two weeks no and then also there's finish no foundation no can, it's uh, all it's all right jake <laughs> can i can i vent one more time okay this is, this wasn't on our notes and i know we need to move on soon but did you guys see npr's like list of top 50 fantasy books i know it was posted on the discord Oh no! Is this another top list of fantasy books? Yeah, this happens every few months. And so this was like I was expect. I don't know. It looks like a list that's really full of itself, like really pretentious. If that makes sense, like they didn't they didn't include in the editor's note they didn't include any Sanderson because they said that they they did the list once in 2011. And this this the books had to for this list the books had to come out between 2011 and 2020 or 2021. Wait, like they the didn't include Sanderson? Top yeah. 50 in the past 10 years has zero Sanderson? Yeah, because they said that they included him on the last one. And what? so they didn't... The fantasy subreddit has Brandon Sanderson as number one series. I think you need right to... I think, I think you need to take the intent into context here. Their intent isn't to just show a ranking, like right. a continual ranking. What they're trying to do is just highlight books. And that's what and they so if say. they've already highlighted a book, then... Like an he author, writes I mean, more you know, books. That's, that's what they I say. Mean, if they've already highlighted an author a ton, they're not. That isn't the point of the list. Just do one book for him. He's written a lot in the past ten years. It's, Jake, I agree with you. That's not their intent, but I, but but okay. But the title says the fifty best science fiction and fantasy books of the past decade. That's like the the title. You can't. Wait, it's not gonna focus. That's what the title of the I'll article says. <laughs> so so <laughs> shut it i'm not gonna try and screen share again because that didn't go so well last time so but yeah. so if you're if you're saying these are the yeah. best 50 books it doesn't mean these are the 50 books that i think everybody should read like it says if, yeah. if that's the list you want to make then make that list and say here's 50 books that npr yeah. highly recommends right yeah great yeah but say I, these I are the that. top 50 books i mean come on and then have like no sanderson and but you, I already went through that last year or last time we looked at this I list know, and I realized but, that isn't what this list is regardless of how they're advertising. But this one it. had even more snubs. Like it, it did have some good picks on there. Snobs or snubs? Snubs. Well, both. Snobs, <laughs> snob, snubbing, snob snubbing spectacular books. <laughs> I messed that SSB. up. SSB. 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 Anyway, that was just my rant. Snob snubbing spectacular stories. <laughs> yes. Thank there you. we go. S to the fourth. That was my rant. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting to uh, have as uh, have such a strong reaction, but I'm it, glad you brought that up, Josh, because now I'm mad about it. Thank you. <laughs> so am I. I didn't know anything about it, but I got quite <laughs> <Yeah>. upset. 
Freaking right. NPR, man. Freaking Who NPR. They, they are. Stick to politics, dude. Stay out of fantasy. All right, we yeah. got to move on. So I did want to mention uh, Phantology news. Steven, me, myself, I will be the dungeon master in an upcoming series that Friends Talking Fantasy is doing. We're going to be doing, uh, we'll see exactly what the, uh, you know, what the cadence of releases are, but Dylan and Charles have lined up a few fun people in the community to play Dungeons and Dragons. So I will be, uh, I will be running that with them and uh, you can look forward, you can look forward to uh, some fun episodes there. Hopefully it's good. Um, I don't know. I feel like I could be a, a pretty fun dungeon master if I have my mindset. To dear, dear listeners, Steven is a great dungeon master. I've enjoyed any campaign that he has DM'd. Uh-huh. He's the best DM I've ever played with. And uh, this is, I mean, I've DM'd one campaign before. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've played in one full campaign. So, so, so we'll, we'll see how it goes, but definitely tune in because if nothing else, it'll be, it'll be entertaining. I'll be there. Good hype, Steven. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't planning on revealing the uh, the lack of experience there. Thank you, Josh. So let's do uh, top three funniest science fiction fantasy characters. All right. Who wants to start first. us off? This is going to be... Yeah, go. So if you're listening for the first time, this is going to be... A, a, we're submitting a few ideas for entries we don't actually enter, but then we send this over to Twitter. You can enter on Twitter with your entries, and then you go into a poll, and we do Twitter poll battles every day until we have a winner. That's how this works. So tune in for some of our picks, get some ideas, and then send us your entry. I don't think I'll take anyone's uh, choices on this one. I'm going to start with <laughs> Guy Fliegman from Galaxy Quest. Oh. Guys... oh. He's the guy who, is, he's the only one who's scared because he was just crewman number six in the original show, <laughs> yeah. and he died in the show. And so he's like, the show's coming real I can't be here because I'm just going to die. And he's always like, did you guys even watch the show? And <laughs> is really this good the movie? Is this the movie with Snape? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's portrayed by Sam Rockwell. Okay. Not Snape. Not right. Snape. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Number two, I'm doing Marvin, the paranoid Android from the Hitchhiker's Guide series. Just such a cleverly written and sadly funny character <laughs> and then number three i feel like even though i recently talked to um a big one of the moderators of the first law discord and he isn't a fan of him but i like Casca. i just just finished best served cold and i really liked him in that he took mine oh dang <laughs> i didn't think okay. i didn't think anyone would choose him because because of at least um, Nikomo Kaska, soldier of fortune, famed of course. soldier, famed, famed soldier of fortune, <laughs> famed soldier of fortune. He was it's such a, a breath of fresh air in that book. I really liked him. He is coming for dinner. It's <laughs> a good part. Uh, best serve cult. Um, yeah, keep on reading the the book, Jake. Yeah. Wait, yeah. was that best? Oh, that was best serve. He was very good in best serve cult. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were referring to another book. I think Jovi's criticism is that he was kind of a prick the whole time, and he was. And well, all the characters that's what made him. <laughs> yeah, just keep reading. That's, though that's like what made him so funny in that book, in my opinion. And his interactions with Friendly, I thought were so funny. But was that three? Okay, you, yeah, that was three. That was three. Yeah. I think also we are probably remiss because none of us have read any Terry Pratchett 
And I know Discworld is really funny, so I'm, I'm sorry yeah. if you're a big Discworld fan. Definitely send us your entries, though, because I know it's a good series. We just haven't got to it yet. Jake's quoting of movies made me realize I didn't even think about any fantasy movies. And, and I feel like humor, at least for me, comes across a bit funnier with the visual medium as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I, I don't often laugh out loud when I read or listen to books like I do when I watch movies. Are you about to submit Free Guy? I, I thought about Free Guy. What a or funny I guess movie. Just guy guy from free guy yeah or his or his friend what's his friend's name the Dude or buddy yeah. buddy buddy yeah yeah his friend who works in the buddy bank. was really funny yeah. <laughs> okay who's next i will go next ryan my number three pick is going to be iskral pust from malazan book of the fallen i'm not sure if you guys oh. have encountered iskral yeah he's in de- he's in dead house kids yeah he is? Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. Priest, high priest of House Shadow. Well, right. he's really funny and he gets funnier. And um, his relationship with his wife, Magora, is hilarious. The spiders. Yep. She's, yeah. a, she's a diverse who turns into spiders. And um, he's got a very interesting personality and he comes around uh, at some funny times. And he has a lot of surprises in him that I will not uh, that I will not spoil for you guys. Thanks for hey, the reminder to read more of Molazan because I'm falling behind. You fell behind. as always. I'm just yeah yeah too much to read. Hey Ryan, before you go on, I will relinquish Casca if you want to grab him and and put. It's too late. Crep. I think that's Kreppa. how the audiobook pronounces. Kreppa. I think he's hilarious from the. Mm-hmm. one maybe two books i've read of him that okay that's that's an instance actually of the audiobook thing there was a character in dead house gates who i don't think was named and the way he acted and the voice made me think it was Kreppa, but it wasn't ever explicitly stated yeah i was torn between iskral pust and Kreppa, but i decided to go with iskral pust my number two pick is going to be wit who um he brings a lot of humor and he is all across the Cosmere. I guess, I don't know. There's not much to say, not much to say about Wit other than, or Hoyd. If you know him, you know him. He's, he's in a lot of different places. And I think it's, it's fun just to watch him pop up in different books and different contexts. And um, my number one pick is going to be Stick from Words of Radiance. <laughs> Just a very defining uh-huh. character. Shalon would not be the same without it. It so. is a stick. I am a stick. Yep. Yes, we are all sticks, one could say. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of lessons we could learn from stick. Josh, do you want to go next or am I? Yeah, I'll go. All right. Number three. I am going to go with Lemony Snicket from series of unfortunate events okay he's the narrator of a series the narrator. of narrator okay the narration voice and i think his wit is always on point it made me laugh a lot as a kid the humor is why i kept coming back to the books and being excited to read the books as a kid and i feel like it's it it has a cool line of like what could be patronizing but not 
if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so Lemony Snicket. I love the pick. There, there's so many like little things that he starts off chapters with that are just like, just, <laughs> I mean, so ridiculous, but the way that he writes it makes it awesome. Like there's so many little things that yeah. I still remember. So, some word and then defining the word and then having a character like portray the exact definition uh-huh. of the word and then uh-huh. like setting the whole theme of, a, of the chapter and then having like one of the words come back and be the you know so final solution to the right you know problem that needs to be solved it's it's really it's really funny and brilliant and smart and um i kind of wish that i feel like uh a lot of high like epic fantasy authors don't really try and do stuff like that very often you know where they except for abercrombie except for abercrombie yeah and and some i feel like like sometimes neil gaiman will do that and it was some some like i don't know more grounded fantasy maybe would be a way to say that does it doesn't more often but anyway i really liked lemony snicket in from a series of unfortunate events number two i will say Locke from gentleman bastards i feel like he was uh very witty when the occasion you know arose he would always he always had a retort of some kind he was written very well scotland you know does a great job his his friendship with Jean, I was like French anyway they they play off each other really well they're both funny and they he does a really good job um number one uh lift from I'm just kidding oh my gosh they, oh, okay so you need a better <laughs> <laughs> I personally don't I personally am not bugged by lift I don't think she's as funny as people make her out to be but i enjoy She's her for neither what she as funny is. nor as upsetting as i think she is made out to yeah. be by people yeah um yeah but my my number one pick and this is going to be a basic pick um but fred slash george weasley from harry potter i yeah. think that they they always had great quips they always had funny pranks and they added a lot to the books and um anyway that's they they were a high bar for humor that is very rarely cleared in my opinion i remember laughing out loud several times in front of george moments reading the books yeah okay i will pick up the pieces with the remaining characters i feel like you usually do steven yeah steven always goes last uh-huh not always not always but what does that say about me i have the most ammunition i guess <laughs> yeah Number three, I'm going with Harry Dresden. I think Harry Dresden is funny. And he's obviously the first person narration of the story. So he gets a lot of time to get some funny stuff in there. And maybe Jake doesn't think he's as funny. But uh, I, well, I find well, it to no, This just harkens like back again to the... I'm finding all these points that are counter to my argument, my stance on that debate, because... One of the reasons I couldn't continue Dresden is... I Don't say, don't say. No, so Jake, 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 yeah. Jake. Yeah. This is a he big leap. And... You are going to no, piss off no. an entire fandom right now. I'm just That's you. fine. Come at me. Come at me, Dresdeners. Oh, I didn't like the all the uh, that the narrator had in there. And I, I get it. It's a stylistic wrong, choice. It's a stylistic choice. And I'm not saying it makes him a bad narrator. It just was a style that turned me off. Actually, I've only listened to one Dresden book. I've read all the rest. So I'm, I'm the not going to bite you too hard on it but um the the fandom will come after you for that one is there any way for you to to come off of this stance like do we need to get a certain number of likes or follows or anything like that to get you to read more (laughs) dresden like 
What is it going to take? If, what about if James uh, Marsden, if somebody can get James Marsden to either James Marsters, Marsters, dang it, cut that, Steve. <laughs> somebody can definitely tweet, not coming now. If somebody can get him to comment or tweet somehow on this episode, then Jake, will you revise your opinion? Um, maybe we do a charity thing. If uh, as much as do- as many dollars as we have subscribers is donated to this is getting complicated what is going on here i don't know sure no i i i'll read dresden eventually but it's just always on the very bottom of my list you guys doing the the calderon um episode makes me want to reread those i have nothing against um butcher i think he's a good author so to recap harry dresden's a really funny character (laughs) (laughs) and he's and he's number three on my list I'm gonna go. Uh, so number two, I'm going to my uh, to my favorite book, Name of the Wind. I'm going with uh, with Elodin. Wait, Elodin? How do you actually? How do you say his name? This is the thing. I don't I know how Elodin. to say his name. I say Elodin, but okay. I haven't listened to I haven't listened to that book. I don't think. I know I've listened to it, but I've read it so many times, so now I've got like two different ways in my head. I listened to it in Spanish, so even doubly. Um, ineffective because it's a translation and audiobook, right, Ryan and Josh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so he's our master uh, I would, namer. I would go with Elodin. Okay, Elodin. I thought Elodin. Elodin it is. He's our master namer and has some very quirky and funny moments, and I think um, you know does a good job to kind of add some add some levity to a book that can be quite bleak at times. Number one, like, can I just choose Joe Abercrombie as the character that's what i did with lemony snicket steven i no, mean lemony, it's, it's a little lemony different. Snicket i know i know so it works it works for the me series. it works for me but there's not hey, like yeah, i have you. i have a working theory that swillian swarbrick is supposed to be abercrombie's writing himself into the into the series he you haven't met him yet uh, jake he's he's in red country but uh like his voice is just so hilarious throughout but maybe i'll go with glockta because i think glockta kind of embodies the the most opportunities we get uh, for Joe's wit to come out with his internal monologue. And it's so, it's so dark. It's so dark, but it's so funny at the same time. So I just, I, I enjoy uh, Glockta's character a lot. And even when bad things are happening, I find them to be funny because, because Abercrombie just messes with your mind like that. Can I put out a big snub that, that I'm surprised nobody came out with? Okay. Tyrion Lannister. Uh, oh, he is really funny too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's also kind of got that got a dark humor going. Yeah, yeah, is the dark I think, humor. I but... think Glockta's funnier. I think Glockta's funnier, honestly. Tyrion's more likable, but Glockta has better funnies. <laughs> Any other hey, snubs? Tyrion's a good one. Yeah, I have some snubs. I think the I mean Sanderson writes a lot of kind of comic reliefs. So you had Josh, you said lift. Not I'm not into Lyft, but uh but Lopin. But I, th- I think Lopin is pretty funny. Yep. Lopin's the same as Lyft to me. Wax. It's not I... or Wayne. No, Wayne, is, Wayne. Wayne is supposed to be funny. Wayne Wayne is not funny to me. Wayne is <laughs> below <laughs> both of those. He's supposed to be though. Well, I, I think Wayne is really funny. Him. I don't think he's funny at all. Matt, I, he's more of a detracting factor. Yeah. Matt, was, Matt's I, I Matt's got some Matt. good funnies. That's funny. Matt's funny because he doesn't like, it's not like he makes jokes and is funny. It's just his, like his circumstances and attitude yeah. regarding yeah. it. 
Yeah. Well, and, and the whole way that like it's written about fancy, what's that running joke, like fancy things and tassels and stuff, how he like, you know, he, he have, has, and he doesn't, he doesn't all. like getting all dressed up like Rand but, or whatever, but then by the end. Bougie level spoilers over here. <laughs> Matt, Matt's good. He'll definitely be entered in some, honestly, the funniest character in Stormlight Archive for me is Pattern. I think Pattern has some, some funny moments. I, stick, I enjoy it's pretty funny yeah i enjoyed the humor where it's like there's a character that because of circumstances or like cultural differences or just like they don't have the same intelligence has some misunderstanding like that's that's a pretty classic way of doing humor and i always think it's funny and fish out of well. water type thing yeah yeah something like that mm-hmm, no one's definitely. throwing in shallan and uh shallan and sharding <laughs> oh no oh. That, I like I could I could see that as being funny. It just felt so out of place. I think jokes like that are why I was thinking about this the other day, are why a lot of Brandon Sanderson's books are seen as YA by some. And it makes me think it, it has a very similar vibe to like anime in general, where where you'll have these very serious and mature moments in an anime, but you'll also have these like very childish like humor in it as well. I think Brandon Sanderson writes anime. That's a bad opinion. Another snub was uh, not to, <laughs> not because I don't like anime, but because in a twelve hundred page book, you're going to get an awkward humor moment that doesn't land super well. And I don't think he does it as often as like an anime does it. It's not like in every chapter type oh. thing. Words of Rage is only a thousand. All his okay. all his jokes though are that same anime style humor. Is what I'm saying. They're not for me. Uh, can I throw a uh, Frank out from the Jungle Cruise? Let's see that. He has dad joke after dad joke after dad joke. And it I I say Frank Reynolds. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, who's Frank Reynolds? Danny DeVito and it's always sunny. Would you care for an egg in these trying times? I'm sure people found that funny, Jake. (laughs) Kinch from uh the Black Tongue Thief is very Mm -hmm. funny. I already mentioned Christopher Buhlman. That was the funniest book that I've well, I did all, read all of Abercrombie's books and I think those are just hilarious. So I don't know. Black and Thief was, that should be on the top 50, we'll say, of the past decade, according to NPR's criteria of uh, of less well-known books. It's very funny all the way through. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Funny characters. That settles it. So give us your funnies. Give us your top three. You do need three to be entered into the competition. Respond to the, the video that I'll put out on Twitter asking for submissions and uh and good luck to you any more do we need to like badmouth ben anymore or or josh you just are you gonna defend him i think i defended ben you can defend you can defend himself in the comment below ben is the funniest character hop on discord if you if you want to chat with us more hop on discord um you can you can defend ben there uh, or talk to any of us and let us know what your top threes are and if you want to uh, support the show just like share subscribe like whatever it is and and please check us out on youtube we're trying to boost up our subscriber numbers so that would be the best way to support all right thanks guys okay see everyone later